Good afternoon, welcome to Emmett Audio. I'm back after a week and a half in the woods of Maine on vacation with my family, and it's nice to be back. We got in yesterday evening, and I spent the rest of the evening unpacking. We all unpacked the car, and then I pushed all the laundry through the washing machine and dryer before I came to bed. And then today, I've spent much of today running errands, going grocery shopping, and I'm, uh, once I finish walking the dogs here, I'm about to mow the lawn and do some weeding in the garden. And I'm just generally sort of uh, working my way outward, and I think this is something that's worth considering, which is that whenever you're picking up after a, a break, or if you just feel like things are a mess and you're trying to figure out what to do, paying attention to and giving energy to the center of yourself and your life and then working outwardly from there strikes me as a very satisfactory way to go about it. This is at the heart of the idea of making your bed every morning. That how you do one thing is how you do everything. All of those ideas. What they're all getting at is the idea that the things that affect your physical reality in the world in, in the present immediate moment, in the immediacy of those things, right? Are your teeth brushed? Do you need a shower? Are you surrounded by chaos? Are there chores that need to be done? Those things that need to be taken care of on your person or in your home then create the space in which you can do things that circle outwardly from there. There are obviously times when you need to ignore your person, your personal needs and the reality of your home in order to handle a larger crisis, right? Times in my life of crisis, I've gone for hours without eating when I should have skipped meals gone without showering for days. None of this sounds particularly grand, but the point is that obviously a crisis further out from you does not require you to have everything in order. And sometimes it does require that you ignore your personal needs in order to handle the crisis that's further out from you. Right? And that's actually kind of the delight of a, say, a, a natural disaster, right? Is that you set aside your, your intermediate needs and let, well, I had been thinking that the delight of a natural disaster, insofar as it's not a tragedy for you, is that it, you put aside your personal needs 
in order to handle the situation at hand that's broader than you. But perhaps it's actually that it collapses uh, that middle space of sort of what you were supposed to do with your day, what you thought you were going to do with your day, but here we are in the middle of a crisis, and so I guess we're going with the flow now. Actually, what that does is it collapses it down to where you're doing what needs to be done in the moment, sort of with the immediacy of assessing at any given moment, what is the most important thing to do right now, right? Is it help this person who needs help? Is it make sure that I'm safe? Is it communicate with my family? Is it make sure that we have buckets of water? Like, what is it that needs to be done? And in that respect, actually, many of the natural disasters or just, you know, weather-related events that I've uh, taken part in, in my life, have actually brought those outward layers down to the immediacy of what needs to happen right now. That's actually part of their, um, part of the pleasure of, you know, a winter storm is that it reduces your, the things you're thinking about to what needs to be shoveled, you know, do where are the candles and how are we going to make dinner tonight? So whether it's that it re releases you from your personal needs or whether that it reduces everything to personal needs, um, I think there's no denying that when you are stepping back into a system like a household, right, you've been away on vacation, and you're kind of revving the household back up again, it's really nice when you have the time to be able to rev it up from the inside outward. And do what needs to be done, starting with the layers closest to home and spiraling your way outward from there. Right, you change your pillowcase, and then you fill up the gas tank, and then you work on the thing that you were going to work on for work before you left on vacation. In that order. But it's helpful to remind myself that that order is helpful because otherwise I'll be tempted to say, uh jump right into the work stuff before I've properly done the household stuff. And one of the things that I found myself mm, pushing off has been checking my email. And by that I include social media. So yesterday when I got in, we had just been unplugged for a week and a bit. And this morning I checked social media, but I've yet to check my email. Not because I don't want to, but because I've been feeling like there are these other things that need to happen. And if I check my email, it's going to move me away from the stuff that needs to happen. And if instead I hold out and I wait to check my email, 
have a little discipline and wait to check in until I'm ready to start work in that way, then there's just more clarity in my mind over what I'm doing at any given moment. And really that's what I seek, is the clarity of doing what I think is the right thing to be doing at any given moment. And one of the struggles with working for someone else or being self-employed is that there's always pressure to attend to other people's desires and needs before your own. Indeed, that's what work is. Whether you're working for someone else, in which case it's they're telling you to, or if you're working for yourself, in which it's part of what you are offering up to people is to meet their needs. And even if you're not meeting their needs immediately, but you're simply hearing their needs, you know, someone wants to communicate something to me, they communicate it in their own time. The beautiful thing about email is that it's, it doesn't have to be in real time. They communicate to me, communicate to me, come on dogs, and at a time that works for me, I check my emails, and then I communicate back that I have received their email. And that allows me to choose the timing of when I'm meeting their needs. But make no mistake about it, I'm meeting their needs when I choose to do that activity. And so when I wait to check my email, it's me waiting to putting off the moment of making myself available in that way and making sure that I've done what I need to do to land and spin up the engine of the household. And then obviously, I'll keep the household running while I do my work. That's what everybody does. But I think the particular feelings of Kind of like, um, oh, I don't know, that, that sense of like feeling harried when you come back from work and, or when you come back from vacation. Kind of like, oh, you know, everything's chaotic. That stems from this failure to attend to the personal needs first. And we don't always have that luxury, but I try to build in that luxury when I can, both for myself and for my wife. You know, when you work for someone else, sometimes you only have off the days you have off. But even then, we try to make sure that we're not coming home from a trip one evening and then starting work or school or whatever the very next day, because we know that it's, that's, it, that's just hard. And the thing that makes that possible is if there's been someone there holding down the fort or who can do much of that stuff for you. So, for instance, my wife is at work doing a few hours of school nursing work before the school year starts this afternoon while I've been running these errands. And that's how we make it happen.
I mentioned at the start of this podcast that I, I thought that this inward to outward progression was valuable, not just under these exact circumstances of returning from traveling, but also anytime you are unsure about what the right thing to do is. And I think we can see that in as simple an example as taking a walk when you're trying to think through something, like this, for instance. Taking a walk, you might say, is just about helping your brain move, you know, your brain think through something, and it works better when you're moving, and, and there's truth to that. But there's also what's happening when you take a walk is you are attending to your body's need to move and your body's need to stretch itself and circulate its fluids and all of the physical attributes that go into being a human. So you're actually circling right back to the very center of everything and taking a walk. And you come away from that walk having taken care of yourself. And often that has done enough to rebalance you that you're ready to think through or you have already thought through your predicament in a professional capacity, say. And so I often find that if I'm struggling with some aspect of work or life in general, if I circle back to cleaning up some area of the house that needs to be cleaned up or improving something, it doesn't matter how small, that that will help give me space to then put energy into the professional dilemma that is stumping me. This is something I need to think about more but I think there's something to it, the, this idea of the inner to the outer. At any rate, it's good to be back. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk tomorrow.